episode of Beating Alpha. Uh, we have a very special guest. Uh, I'm going to introduce you to him in a few seconds. This is episode 85, and we have Dustin Miles. A uh, few things that I have in here in front of me and are worth mentioning. Born in Fort Worth, uh, that's Texas, USA. So anybody are from that area or close to Dustin, make sure to go and reach him out. Maybe I include the social media links for you to do so. Uh, Again, started a candy business, also moved lawns, sold baseball cards, and held a carnival at eight years old, and a bus driver called him Candyman. That is cool. That's a fun thing to, to mention. Uh, so he played soccer six, four years old and still plays today. Um, graduated at UT in mechanical engineering, uh, started an e-commerce e business while in college and sold Pokemon cards across the world from, uh, from his apartment. Flipped houses and had the rentals out of college with a vision of going bigger. After six houses, he realized he needs to go to a different route. So looked at the multifamily. Uh, first KP and a passive multifamily investment in 2012. Uh, hired the coach in 2013 and landed his first syndication in 2014. So that's a year after. So again, the importance of having the right people on board. Sports are co-sponsored 10 years to date, uh, $90 million in assets and over 20 million in equity raised. Uh, board member uh, for a cancer care services, uh, some fitness goals, uh, that's probably more personal for you. Single dad within one uh, son uh, who's nine years old. So Dustin, I really appreciate the time today. I know it's gonna be fun, fun time. So thanks for joining me. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. It's fun stuff. Thank you. Thank you. It's fun when you're on, you know, it's not that fun when I'm, when I'm here alone, you know, so. Uh, <laughs> well, we're, we're social, uh, <laughs> uh, social beings by nature. So, yeah. Here you go. So uh, again, where do we start? I mean, do we start with the card business, with the candy business, with mobile loans? I would like to know, and I think the audience would love to know your story a little bit more about yourself. Again, going back to the candy business and doing all those things. So uh, where's that kind of entrepreneurial spirit? Um, like when you who who bit you what did you get a bug like was it, <laughs> was, it was a family involved in it in, in some sort of a business like how did your journey into this entrepreneurship world started for you yeah i you know my my dad was was fairly entrepreneurial and so i i guess you know i probably got some of it from him for sure it, it might i may have just been born with it i don't know um but yeah i you know growing up you know i I started out having a, a candy business and um, I would pay my parents and they would go to Sam's. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're in the States, if you're familiar with Sam's, it's basically, it's, it's a buy in bulk situation. And so uh, they would buy different candy uh, for me. And then I would basically, you know, raise the prices and, and, you know, make, make the Delta and so I sold Laffy Taffy, I sold uh, Blow Pops and, and Jolly Ranchers and, uh, you know, profited, I was eight years old, profited about 50 bucks a week, you know, it's pretty decent money for being eight years old. And it was interesting because, you know, half my room was filled with candy, but, you know, I, I, I love Laffy Taffy. So, you know, I, I would sneak a piece here and there, but, uh, it was interesting because my school actually threatened to kick me out or if I didn't stop selling candy. So they, they kind of shut down my, my business, but, um, but yeah, you know, ended up doing some other things, uh, along the line. If there was a way of, of making money, I was probably looking at it. 
Interesting. Interesting. And again, yeah. you looked at, uh, at some other options, as it says here in the bio. And I mean, you, you picked up a few good things. Again, you, you started to get involved with the sport like soccer, which, of course, uh, since four years old. So you did that. So again, and you follow through on, you know, kind of graduating, like having an engineer degree and UET uh, for like business and engineering. So can you talk about that option? Cause again, you kind of still had the entrepreneurial spirit in you, but why did you choose to follow on, you know, business and engineering at that point? Yeah. So I had, yeah, so I had, I went to UT Austin and I, you know, had the option of going into, uh, majoring in business or engineering. And for me, I, I thought business would have been uh, a lot more, um, uh, intuitive and, and, you know, just kind of easier for me. And frankly, I like a challenge. And so I, I knew engineering would be pretty tough. And so, it, and it was, and so I went, ended up going the, the engineering route and, um, you know, while, while in school, the, the, uh, engineering, you know, bug was, was, uh, still flourishing though. And so I, I started a uh, business. I didn't know, I don't know. I still don't know anything about Pokemon cards and it was a short lived business. And I knew that it was a bubble situation and, but I sold, you know, Pokemon cards across the world. Um, you know, I think 14 or 15 different countries. And so it was interesting. I would go to class and I had two backpacks. I had one backpack that had all of my engineering books and my other backpack had packages that would be sent out through the post office. So it was, you know, I kind of, I remember people would kind of look at me and be like, you have, you know, what's going on here? And so I'd kind of explain it. Oh, okay. That makes sense. But, but yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> two backpacks, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, yep. that's, that's cool. I mean, the dedication yeah. being at that young age and I mean, doing the thing, you know, like if, from still from college, you know, doing the business for you mentioned 14, 16, like countries so globally. So having kind of global business at, at that age, you know, being in college, so that's pretty much, that, that's very awesome. So again, uh, from there, as you know, as I do imagine that it, as, as it says here in the bio, you kind of moved towards real estate a little bit. So can you explain your transition going from, you know, kind of this e-commerce, you know, type of business is moving towards real estate, like, who did influence you to make those type of decisions at a young age? Yeah, I, you know, um, got out of college and, and I've always been interested in real estate. When I was a little kid, I, this, I guess might sound weird, but when I was a little kid, I, I would ride my bike around town and I was, so my thought process, I was, you know, eight, nine, 10 years old. My thought process was who owned all of this stuff. And so, yeah, I was like, this is interesting to me. And, um, so I actually played soccer with a, a guy, uh, this kid. And I remember going over to his, his house. I went to his birthday party and his parents owned a lot of this commercial real estate. They actually owned, a, uh, I think they still own the skyscraper one skyscraper in downtown Fort Worth. And, um, so I remember kind of a young age, like, wow, you know, this is cool. And I remember going to their house and they had a, a very, very large house. It was, you know, probably 12, 15 room house. And, um, yeah, I know <laughs> it's kind of on the perched up on the hill sort of situation. Um, uh, but, um, you know, and, and I'm not, 
I'm not so big on, uh, especially, you know, then I probably was more so, but now I'm not as interested in, um, you know, having a, a monster house or, your, or your, you know, super nice cars or anything like that. But it was just very interesting to see that kind of lifestyle that they led. And so, you know, that was kind of, uh, kind of the introduction of like, hey, I, I, maybe I could do something like this. And so when I got out of college, and you know started looking at different gurus and and you know feeling like i was being sold this books and tapes and cds and whatever uh left and right it you know it's it's um uh it can be a turnoff uh for sure and so um you know ended up uh actually went through a few different mentors uh some some of the mentors i had hired you know flaked out or um just didn't just didn't pan out for one reason or another and uh found you know it's kind of a last i don't say a lot well kind of was a last straw situation it was like okay i've kind of been burned a few times like i really want this to work and so um found this this group and um you know started buying some had some success buying single family houses and and started, uh, you know, flipped a few and, and had some rentals and all that, and which was great. I was excited about it. I remember I won uh, an award through them that um, it was uh, most persistent, um, you know, investor or something like that. Because it took, I don't remember the exact number, it was 50 or 60 offers before I landed my first rental house. And so, um, you know, it wasn't, wasn't easy. It was kind of, frankly, kind of a pain in the butt, but, um, you know, got, got there, did that. But, you know, once we kind of got into single family, I'm like, like, this is a lot of work. And, you know, I, I, I always kind of had the vision as you, you know, as you kind of mentioned at the beginning, I had the vision of going bigger. And I'm like, how can I, how can I scale this? And I didn't really, I was trying to find people that, that owned a bunch of homes and, and, you know, I, I, I met a few, uh, but for the most part, it was, you know, most people got to a few rents, you know, rental units, a few rent houses, and then that's about where they landed. And then, you know, they just kind of stayed there and I didn't want to stay there. I want more. And so just trying to figure out how to get there, uh, was, you know, was, was a challenge for sure. Got it, got it. So, so again, the importance of discovering people and again, the network. So again, for the people, can you clarify like a little bit more in detail? How do you, have you discovered those people? Because maybe there's people who are watching, you know, this interview right now and thinking like, where do I start? You know, where do I discover these groups? Like, where are they? You know, like, and what is the process behind that? Yeah. Um, so there, you know, I'm a big, uh, Jim Rome fan. And so I'm, you know, it's the, you're the average of the five people you hang around. And so, yeah, to your, to your point, you know, um, if you want to do something, go be around the people that are doing what you want to do. And, you know, yeah, you, it, you, it doesn't work necessarily, or maybe it does work a little bit. There's an osmosis situation where if you're just around them, like, you'll automatically, you know, start doing that. But, you know, there's, there's work and, and you have to, you know, work to, to get there. But um, in terms of, you know, finding uh, people, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot easier uh, now. I don't want to say like back in my day, but uh, 
but you know, I, when I was starting out in single family, this was like 2000, you know, six, seven, eight. And, um, you know, so meetup was the, the primary place of, of going to, to find different groups. You know, they, I don't think there were Facebook groups back then. Um, and it's certainly not as prevalent as it is now, but, um, you know, so when I was doing single family, you know, found groups and, and, you know, ended up hiring a coach, uh, there. And then when I wanted to do multifamily, you know, went and did the same thing, went and hired a coach and then went, you know, and, and got around people that were already doing what I wanted to do. Got it. Got it. Okay. So importance of finding the right people again, coach, which again, uh, we're going to reach that point where you basically got another coach and it helped you to do your first indication. But mm -hmm. before that, so I just want to ask you again, 50 calls later, you got the first house on, uh, and you managed to flip six deals. So can yep. you talk about, you know, the flip, uh, house flipping side, you know, the pros and the cons, you know, while you worked, uh, you know, at, at that part? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a lot of work. I had to, you know, meet, um, you know, go, uh, go drive different houses, you know, had to go, uh, meet different contractors. Once we got under contract, had to fire a bunch of contractors, um, which is, is not, you know, fun. Um, and, um, you know, it was, it was, there's a lot of work involved. It, it's not, you know, it's not easy. And, um, you know, I, it, but, you know, did make some money, you know, from, from that, uh, from, from those ventures. Um, you know, the, the houses we were buying were, <clears throat> they were built, uh, I think the oldest one was built in the forties and then, you know, the forties to about the sixties is where, uh, 1940s to 1960s is, is kind of the, type of home I was, I was buying, you know, at the time, uh, would have been easier if I was buying a little newer house, but, um, they, you know, could, I got better deals on, on some of the older stuff, but yeah, there's a lot of work, uh, you know, flipping, you know, ended up, you know, buying, fixing and, and then selling a few and then, um, had a few rentals that also ended up selling, um, it, at some point too. So, um, you know, fortunately the, for the, uh, renters that we had, uh, they, you know, did never really had any sort of, uh, you know, terrible landlord situation or, or anything like that. The, it was not a horror story situation at all. Uh, most of the people were, you know, ended up interviewing and, and, um, it, you know, a few different people and, and everybody was, was really nice. Um, you know, there, uh, everybody, you know, there was no, none of the homes were ever trashed out or anything like that. Uh, some people did, you know, struggle to, to pay rent. Um, and I just kind of worked with them and, you know, um, initially I would waive the, the late fee, but if it, you know, it was kind of a first time, you know, offense, I'd waive it. Then after that, um, I would, you know, ask them to, to pay the late fees and, and then, you know, no one likes paying late fees. So then they would start paying on time. Got it. So that's the problem to solve, right? When people don't pay. Yeah. So, okay. So talking, moving away from that, cause again, you, you got the six, uh, six flips and you decided like, Hey, I need to go bigger. 
as, yep. as I mentioned yourself before. So can you talk about transition moving away from flipping to multifamily as you've been in 2012, you became a key principal in, multi, you know, in multifamily deals. So can you talk about your experience moving away from, from flipping deals? Yeah. Um, it, you know, one, one thing I'll, I'll mention is, um, you know, you can with, with single family, you can do more. It's more, you can do more on your own. Um, but once you, once you get into multifamily, it's, uh, it's much more of a team sport than in, in single family and in single family, you know, you have your contractor and, and you, you know, you know, you may or may not have an agent and, uh, you may or may not have an attorney and a few other things, but once you get into multifamily, all of those are basically a must. Uh, you, you know, I would, especially for your first few deals, I'd you know, recommend that, you know, you maybe have a buyer's agent, um, or if you don't have a buyer's agent, you know, you're the, the brokers control, uh, pretty much all of the deals, at least in Texas. And so you're going to be working with, with a broker and then you will be, or you should be working with an attorney for the transaction, uh, because you're talking about a lot of money. And then, you know, if you're raising money, then you're talking about a potentially different attorney, an SEC attorney. Um, and then for due diligence, you need to be working with, you know, someone that focuses on that, or if your management company does that. And then, you know, I mean, it, there's tons and tons of, you know, if you're, if you're, you know, raising money and syndicating, then, you know, you, you potentially need your key principals, your KPs, your guarantors, you know, then your passive investors, uh, you have a management company that you're working very closely with. There's, you know, you're potentially working with your insurance folks, your property tax folks. Uh, and when I say potentially, it, these are all things you most likely, especially at the beginning, you should be doing, uh, you, you know, unless you have your own management company and all that, which is, it's, uh, so that's a tougher route to go, especially initially, but, um, you know, it is much, much more of a, of a team sport. And, and I would say that that's one thing that, you know, I really, um, you know, I think soccer helped out a lot with, you know, soccer's a team sport. Um, when you're, when you're small, you can probably kind of, uh, you know, there's usually, there can be one kid that is a lot better and, and, you know, can kind of carry the team, but especially as you get older and, and competition steps up, it's much more of a, of a team sport. You can't like one, it's much more difficult for one person to completely dominate. So, um, you know, I, I think playing, playing sports my entire life, uh, I've played soccer and I've, you know, I'd always play pickup baseball and basketball and, and football and all that. But, um, you know, it just, you get used to working with people and it's, you know, it's always a, a compromise. And, um, you know, I think if you're, you know, um, good person and, and you work hard and, um, uh, you know, and you get after it and you're, you know, relentless, then, then I think, you know, multifamily is something that, you know, just about anyone can do. Got it. Great advice, by the way. So thank, thanks uh, for sharing that. Uh, again, being part of the team, as I mentioned, you know, having the right team on your side, uh, which is kind of multifamily, it's what about having the right team on your part, you know, on your side. 
Uh, one of these pieces, uh, which is very important again, is having a coach, which is uh, mm -hmm. in 2013, you decided to get one uh, again, and that helped you to close your first deal in 2014. So can you talk about advantages of having a coach again and how did he help you to, to close your first deal? Yeah, I would, uh, so I guess I would, uh, you know, there's, there's two things that if anytime you're doing anything, it, it, at least in my opinion in life, uh, if you're wanting to get somewhere, um, I'm a big believer in either hiring a coach to, to help uh, mitigate risk, get you there faster. Uh, another way of doing that is to partner up with someone who is already doing kind of what, what you're wanting to do. And so in, for my first deal, I did both. Uh, there was a guy that I'd partnered up with. I was a, a, a key principal in his first deal and, and we were friends. And, you know, me being a key principal on his first deal, um, and he did it more of as a favor to me. He didn't necessarily need me on the deal. And um, so, you know, he was, he was paying it forward and I appreciate that. And, um, but, you know, me kind of walking through the deal with him was a huge uh, booster of, of confidence for me. And he's super sharp guy. Um, and we're, we're really good friends today. Um, but, you know, kind of walking through those steps with him, I was like, hey, um, this isn't that bad. And no offense to you, but, you know, if, if, if you can do it, I can do this. And so, um, yeah, that was a big boost of confidence. And then also having a coach there uh, just um, that, that also had, you know, a lot of experience as well. Um, just, you know, kind of uh, the, the combination of, of the two just, you know, really helped uh, kind of, you know, push me, uh, push me forward and, and gave me uh, a lot of confidence that I could go ahead and close my first deal. And, um, you know, just kind of, you know, there's a, a theme kind of throughout my life that, you know, except when I was a little kid, um, you know, I always, you know, real big into coaches. Um, or or partnering with people that are you know, already doing what I want to do. So, got it, got it. And that's a very good advice. You know, if you want to 10x, uh, if you want to go fast, you have to get somebody. You know, as a coach. Uh, by the way, what's what's your uh, friend's coach's name? Uh, the coach is uh, uh, Brad Sumrock, and then my uh, my friend that I partnered up with, his name is Kenny Wolf. Here you go. Shout out to, to Brad and Kenny, uh, if you guys are watching. Again, being a big part of, of uh, you know, of Dustin's journey in real estate. So, again, um, fast forward, 2020, again, uh, $90 million uh, in assets and over $20 million in equity raised. Uh, so, can you kind of talk about the deals itself, first of all, maybe about the states uh, that you're currently investing in? Yeah. Uh, so there's, there's been 10 deals and eight of them have been in Texas and then two have been in Oklahoma. Uh, they've ranged in size from 94 units up to 228 units. And, um, uh, you know, most of them are, are C assets. Uh, one of, I guess one of them was a, was a B or is a B. 
Um, but uh, yeah, they're, um, they've been around DFW, had a deal in Waco that I sold. There's uh, three deals in Abilene, uh, which is two hours west of, of Dallas-Fort Worth. And then uh, the two in Oklahoma were in the Oklahoma City area. So uh, pretty much most of them were purchased through brokers. There were, um, you know, and some of them were off market, uh, but pretty much yeah, everything was, was through a broker. Got it. So my question is, um, again, eight out of 10 is in Texas. And again, part of that is maybe because uh, if I'm not mistaken, Brad is uh, from Texas also. Yes. So yep. that yep. so that kind of gives you the insights into the market. And again, he has uh, a lot of experience like Brad Summerick. A lot of people who uh, are familiar with multifamily investing probably know this name. Again, super sophisticated, great, you know, personality and a human being and investor. Uh, but talking about Oklahoma, why did you choose uh, to invest in Oklahoma? For what reason? Yeah, I uh, went, went to Oklahoma uh, because the... Um, saw some opportunity there in, in terms of uh, lower priced assets. Uh, there was a lot of meat on the bone uh, for in, in uh, the different complexes. There were a lot of the, the complexes were being self-managed and uh, not, you know, there's, there's diff advantages and disadvantages of being self-managed, but uh, these were being self-managed by smaller groups. Uh, some some of the folks that we purchased from had basically sold some, you know, sold a home or sold a few rental homes in California, had a lot of cash and, you know, went to go buy in Oklahoma. And um, so we, we just, in general, we saw, saw a lot of opportunity. There was one instance where uh, one property had um, a cable contract. This is a property we'd bought and sold already. Uh, they had a cable contract. Uh, no, the, the cable contract gave residents free cable um, and not just free basic cable, but extended cable. So the more, the more expensive, you know, cable, it retailed for, I think, 60 to 70 bucks. So, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of value there. And none of the other complexes were doing that. And so, you know, saw that and we got a, you know, copy of the contract and saw when it ended. And so, um, you know, what I did was I, I canceled this cable contract uh, about two years into the ownership of the property. And the cable contract, the uh, value of that was about 42,000 bucks a year. And so at an eight cap, so if you divide 42,000 uh, by 0.08 or 8%, um, that creates over half a million dollars in value. So we don't have to, we didn't have to spend any money at all. Basically, you know, in uh, the raise on that was about, was about 1.5 million. And so, um, you know, literally it was a paper change and investors got 30% on their money just by me canceling a cable contract. So it's just, you know, just a sample to show uh, the value that could be had there. So Got it. And another thing that people I think uh, would like to know, uh, at least I want to know, I mean, how do you raise $20 million in equity? I know part of that is probably going on a weekends for a barbecue, but what, what is the process <laughs> behind that? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, um, it, it's just getting to know folks, um, lots of phone calls, lots of lunches, you know, I've, I've, um, I started hosting meetups, you know, five, six years ago, and then, 
you know, started hosting meetups uh, over the past year and a half or so uh, through Momentum. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just getting out there and, and uh, just kind of being yourself and um, just, you know, sharing uh, the experience I've had. And, um, you know, in, in, I would do property tours at, at properties I owned and things like that. Because uh, I, I think, you know, a lot of this is pretty, is a little bit abstract. It, it, it helps that it's an apartment building. Most people, at least in the U.S., are, are familiar with that. Um, but it's another thing, you know, so it's one thing to be like, okay, oh, you know, you can make money in apartments, but it's another thing when you take uh, someone who, you know, um, who we, I take to them to an apartment complex that I own and I talk about the numbers. I mean, these are real numbers. These are, you know, and I can show them the before and the after on, on upgrades and things like that. So, um, once you give people real concrete um, examples of of what things look like, um, then then they kind of start visualize. And we and then I you know kind of talk about you know uh, our projected returns and things like that. And so once they you know kind of start walking through that, they kind of see oh okay well you know um, at least me I'm very visual. Um, so for me, and I think for a lot of other people, when they see that, we walk through the numbers and all that, it becomes real to them. Be like, hey, maybe, maybe I can do this. Um, you know, and, and maybe some people want to go syndicate um, or, you know, maybe it's just they're, they're more interested in receiving mailbox money and, and being, you know, on the more passive side. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, um, you know, that, that's one thing that's, that's helped a lot. Um, and, uh, just, you know, just being upfront and honest with people and, and, um, yeah. Got it. Got it. So again, one of the things I, I think it's, uh, it's very important to mention again, the, the giving back part, uh, cause I mean, you're doing, uh, great for yourself or your investors, and I'm sure you can help a lot of people at the same time too. And that's why. I do encourage you guys and girls who are watching this episode to make sure to go and uh, contact Dustin and all. And of course, all these links are going to be down below for you to do so. But the giving back part, uh, I know that's a big thing. You know, if you want to become successful, you, you have to give before you kind of get. So, and you are the, you know, the cancer care service, into cancer care services as a board member. Uh, yes. So can you talk about that? Like, how did you make a decision? First of all, who encouraged you is like, you need to be, become part of something bigger than yourself. And why did you decide to, to choose this one? Yeah, I, there, I don't think there, there wasn't really anyone, you know, pushing me or whatever per se, but, um, you know, I don't know. I, I, uh, you know, you, you can't take money with you and, um, you know, and, we through momentum and, and just years of investing, you know, you, um, you know, you have, you have people that follow you. And, um, so, uh, you know, I, I, I guess for me, I just, you know, I want to be able to, uh, you know, make a, you know, at the end of the day, I want to make a difference. And, and so, and there's different ways of doing that. We can do that, you know, in, in our apartment communities, we can make a difference. Uh, we can also make a difference outside. Um, so with, with cancer care services, um, my, so my mom had cancer uh, and she, she's fine now, but she had cancer about 20 years ago. 
And so, um, you know, I was looking around uh, for a, a nonprofit to be involved in. And so, you know, I talked to a few different people and, um, and I was talking to a friend of mine and she was on the board for Cancer Care Services. And so um, got to, you know, ask her some questions and then did a, did a tour there. And uh, got to know a lot of the people there and was really impressed with, you know, not only the level of professionalism and, and but just, you know, just that people, uh, you know, really genuinely uh, care. And uh, man, those people work uh, really hard there. And um, so, uh, so my uh, business partner with uh, with momentum, actually, at the end of last year, we actually ended up throwing a uh, charity event uh, for for cancer care services. Um, and I don't remember the exact amount we raised, but it was um, I think net to them. I think was a little. I think we totally raised nine or uh, no over nine thousand. And then um, so yeah, it was it was a fun event. It was uh, very. Uh, it was very nerve wracking. You know, it's, it's one thing to, uh, to be doing something and it's more, you know, more for me. Um, but when it's for, especially for a charity, there's another, at least in my head, there's a ad kind of, I want to do, uh, something really good for this, this nonprofit. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're excited. It ended up going over really well. Um, it was funny, uh, when we uh, talked to them about putting the charity event together, they this was September, October, and we were talking to them. We're like, "Hey, we'd like to do a charity event. Um, you know what? What do we need to do? Blah blah blah." I'd never thrown a charity event before. I don't know what I'm doing. And so this was September, October of last year of 2019. And they're like, well, you know, when are you guys thinking about doing, are you thinking summer 2020 or fall 2020? And we're like, no, we're thinking, you know, in like two month or two. And they're like, uh, you know, you guys may want to rethink this. And we're like, no, we, we can, we can do it. You know, uh, no, no big deal. We'll, we'll figure it out. Um, and so we ended up scaling it back a little bit just to, uh, you know, put, take some of the pressure, um, you know, off of us. But uh, we, we, you know, we already had, um, we already had a, a monthly event. Uh, so we had, you know, people that we knew that would attend. Uh, we had sponsors and we already had a location. So we had a, a few things that that helped us uh get there quicker than you would normally but it was it was a lot of fun but it was was nerve-wracking so got it got it so again uh if some of you are watching and looking to raise some uh some capital for a non-profit organization you should definitely contact dustin for that because now he knows how to do one of these you know chat really, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so talking talking about your personal goals because one of the things and i think it's in, still important to mention because uh like you you i like the fact that you put out uh very specifically uh, and again i'm talking about your fitness goals and maybe you can explain why is that so important for you personally because you said one mile you want to do under five minutes uh, 400 meters under 60 seconds. So why have you set up these uh, personal fitness goals for yourself? 
Um, you know, I've had a few people ask me. Um, I, you know, part of it is I want to see if I can, which, you know, I, I fully, fully believe I can. And uh, so to our point earlier, I hired a coach. <laughs> so um, I, uh, I, I had kind of a training regimen on my own. And, I, you know, I, I think my results were okay. But I'm like, I want, I want to do this and I want to do it very soon. So I went and hired a coach. And this guy, um, he's, uh, he, he ran track at TCU. He's, um, and he coaches, uh, it's funny because he, he coaches high school kids to, to go get a, to get scholarships, to go to college. And so it's funny that he's teaching these high school kids and he's coaching me too. So, which I'm, I'm 42. So, um, but, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I think it's, um, you know, I, I like a challenge, uh, is, is part of it for sure. Um, you know, there's, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I like a challenge. I, I want, I'm always trying to get better. Uh, there's also a part of me, you know, uh, for my son. And then I have uh, a bunch of nieces and nephews. I guess I, I just want to kind of show them, you know, what, what's possible in life. And, and yeah, you know, I, I've played soccer my whole life. So I'm, I'm playing the, the miles kind of uh, far at that speed. Um, but, you know, I've played soccer my whole life, so I'm, you know, I've run a lot. And so sprinting is, is something I'm, I'm uh, you know, pretty good at. Uh, so the, the 400 meters is, um, is more up my alley. The, the, the uh, under five minutes is going to be, um, you know, a lot tougher for me. So, uh, but yeah, hired a, hired a coach. I see him you know, he has me on a training plan. Uh, so I run, you know, six days a week, uh, one day of rest. And, um, uh, you know, I had a session with him on, on Friday and, man, he kicked my butt. I was, I was basically, I was on, I was almost, it, I could have just laid on the ground and been happy. I would have been fine. So I, I was exhausted. <laughs> well, he just, he's so. just helping you to get ready for, for that one mile run. That's all he's that, doing. You know? That's yeah. right. Yeah. 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 So. That's awesome. So the conclusion is just get a coach. He's going to get you involved in all the fun endeavors, you know, like multifamily investing, raising money for charities, fitness stuff. So yeah, but you know, jokes aside, like it's very important, like without, cause again, you, you put a lot of emphasis on to, you know, I hired the coach because you, you still have coaches and you still get coaches like for your personal, mm -hmm. you know, fitness uh, goals, but it, it seems like it's been a big part of your, you know, business journey too. So uh, absolutely. Yeah. So, so that, that's really cool. But again, uh, at the same time, I love your journey. I love what you're going through. And again, we contacted through, you know, social media on Instagram, but I'm sure your uh, people can reach you on other platforms as well. So maybe you can share what those platforms would be. Yeah. Uh, I'm, you know, so my, my email address is just, uh, Dustin at momentum multifamily dot com uh, our website is momentummultifamily.com um i'm i'm all over uh instagram facebook um 
And, um, you know, and I also have a personal, uh, website as well, uh, just dustinmiles.com. But, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, so if you end up, you know, if we connect on, uh, Instagram, you're going to see uh, a lot of running, uh, you'll, you'll see some multifamily in there. You'll probably see my son and you'll probably see some hiking. So, um, so if those interest you, then, uh, feel free to reach out. <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. Yeah, definitely. Because again, as we spoke before, and I mentioned that a lot of times, uh, if you are still watching this episode and you're facing the COVID, you know, ter- uh, times, I mean, there's a lot of people who are looking for other ways to invest. And again, uh, multifamily, and I think you would agree, uh, it's a great vehicle to be part of. So, and that's why I encourage you, you know, of course, uh, always do your own due diligence. Uh, like I'm not selling you go and check Dustin or whatever else that we have on the show. Do, you know, do your own due diligence. And that's why you should go and contact Dustin and ask him questions, you know, and find out more about him and about the business and, you know, get involved with him and follow him and, and see the way he does the business. And that's what the social media is for. And that's why I want you to go and contact him. But Dustin, it's been uh, really good fun today to talk with you. It's been a pleasure to get to know you a little bit more uh, rather than watching your photos on social media. So <laughs> you, when you, person, you just learned so much about him. So I appreciate the time. And, uh, you know, thanks for being today on the show. Yeah, thank you so much. I had a fun time. Good times. Awesome. awesome. Thanks. So listen, for you guys, uh, if you enjoyed this episode, just one thing, as always, I'm asking, just pass it along this message. Make sure to share it with a friend of yours uh, who wants to learn more about real estate investing, what it takes to be in real estate passively, actively, whatever they want to do. Uh, make sure to send this uh, video towards them. And uh, again, Dustin, I appreciate the time. Uh, thank you guys for watching. And as always, I'm going to see you in the next episode. Thanks.